name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I uh, don't like to criticize um, translations of the Bible because I know how hard it is for them to translate the Bible, but I really don't like the last verse of the Gospel reading. The way it comes out in English, I think, is just very unhelpful. So, remember, Jesus heals ten lepers. Only one of them returns, and he's worshiping Jesus. He's on, he fell on his face, so he's on the ground. And then the last verse, Jesus says to him, this is how it's translated, Rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Now in English, I, I think we hear that as rise and go somewhere else. Rise and go your own way, okay? Go back to what you were doing or go back to your family or whatever. And uh, the, the idea in English comes out like, I'm done with you, now go, leave. And that is not at all what it actually says, what Jesus is saying. It's not at all what the Greek says. It just comes out in English that way. So, you know, do we know what actually happens to this Samaritan man after this? No, we, we don't know. Did he, he could have, he truly could have physically followed Jesus from then on. He could have become one of the disciples, because remember, there were more than 12 that followed Jesus. So he could have been one that followed Jesus. This was not, not all that um, long before Jesus went to the cross. So he could have followed Jesus all the way to the cross. He could have been a disciple, been there you know, at Pentecost, all of that. But we don't know. But at any rate, what we do know is that Jesus didn't mean, okay, I'm done with you, now go. What we do know is that this guy followed Jesus. Maybe not physically, but he absolutely followed him. He was a disciple of Jesus and walked with him from that point on, just like you and I do. Okay, when Jesus, what Jesus was telling him, first of all, was obviously get up. Like I told you, he's face down on the ground. So get up. And secondly, he says go in the sense of now live. Okay, get up and live now. I've healed you. I've made you well. Right, Your faith has made you well. I've given you new life. Now get up and live in the new life that I've given you. So he says the same thing to you. When you're baptized, now you may have been an infant when you were baptized, so you didn't hear it, but anytime you confess your sins to him and he says you're forgiven, anytime you come to communion and you know he forgives your sins here in his body and blood, then he says, now get up and go. And he doesn't mean, of course, now get away from me, don't you know, quit bothering me all the time. He says, now get up, you, your faith has made you well, so now go and live. Go and live in this grace that I've given you. All of us. And, and as Lutherans, we don't use this word very much because we don't want it to be misunderstood. But all of us have a choice. We do. Not a choice to be saved. That's God's work. But we have a choice to walk with Jesus. Those ten lepers, they were all healed, and then they all had a choice. Do they keep going or do they go back to Jesus? One of them made the choice to go back and walk with Him. The rest said, see you later. Okay? Now, all of you have a choice. Jesus has healed you, truly. He's baptized you, forgiven you all your sins, and now you have a choice. Are you going to walk with Him, or are you going to walk away from Him? And that's what today's readings are about. By the power of God's Holy Spirit, by the power of His Word, we as Christians choose to walk the better way, to walk with Jesus. In Proverbs today, Solomon is telling his children, right? you've got two choices here. You can walk one way, or you can walk the other way. In um, verse 14, he says, Do not enter the path of the wicked. Don't walk in the way of evil. Don't go down that path, he says. But verse 18, 
The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until full day. So, again, this is not like a hard sermon this morning. It's very simple. But it's a very joyous thing, too. We have a choice as Christians. We can walk the way of darkness, the way of evil, which leads to everything horrible, or we can walk with Jesus and walk in His light, which leads to everything good. So, these are Jesus' words, just like to the um, one Samaritan leper. These are His words to you. Your faith has made you well. Okay? Rise and go. Now, these are not empty words. He means what He says. He doesn't just mean your faith has made you well like, okay, now you should feel better. No, it means you are good now. You are full of good things. You have eternal life in you. You're a child of God. So now go and walk in the Spirit and walk with Jesus. So for the rest of our time together this morning, um, I, I want to tell you, what does that path look like? What the, if you're going to walk with Jesus, um, what does that road what does that path look like? And Paul gives us that in Galatians 5. So that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time today. And I'm going to have to do it pretty quickly because there's nine of them. But let's, let's look at these nine fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And say, if we make the choice to walk with Jesus, these, this is what it's going to look like. These are the fruits that God is going to give us. Now, on the, just a note, on the sermon insert, that green sheet, I, gave, I, I just wanted to put together some picture where you can see, okay, walking this way or walking that way. And it might be handy, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly go through those nine fruits of the Spirit, and I'm going to tell you how they compare to the works of darkness. So it might be kind of handy to have that out. So I'm going to start at the back, the last, and work our way, work our way forward. I'm going to start with self-control. This is a, a fruit of the Spirit. Um, that God gives us is the ability to control yourself. <laughs> when you put it that way, I just think, man, this is a gift for the 21st century, a gift that we absolutely need, the ability to control ourselves. I mean, th this is a big problem. People don't know how to control the or themselves, and, and we often fall into it too. So he, in, the, in the list of the works of darkness, he gives two examples of when you can't control yourself. Drunkenness, Right? You can't, you, you're drinking and you don't control how much you drink. It's an easy one. And um, he calls it, well, in the ESV, again, the translation is weird. It says orgies. <laughs> and in English today, that, that comes out kind of odd. But the general idea is just carousing, like you're just leading a sinful life looking for all kinds of um, pleasures. So you, so you don't control your urges. Well, what the, the word self-control in Greek is so awesome because it, has, it comes out of the same word of strength. So you as a Christian, just think of this. You have the strength of Jesus. He is the strongest man that has ever lived. And you have his strength now as a fruit of the Spirit to control yourself. And what an awesome thing. And, and this is simple things in our lives to control how much we drink, right? To control what we eat to control our language, to control our lust. Even simple things like to control how much time we spend watching TV or looking at our phone. Or to control what we do with our time in general. Jesus is strong and self-controlled and we want to walk with Him. Working back then, you have gentleness. Now, one of our, all of our favorite verses, how can it not be Jesus says, you know, take my yoke upon me, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is gentle. 
On the opposite side, in the works of darkness, two things Paul lists are envy and quarreling. Now, see, again, I may not explain this very well, but what happens in this sinful world is you always feel you have to compete with everyone. You always have to you know, be envious and quarrelsome, always trying to get ahead of others. But Jesus is, has not, none of that. He is gentle. We don't have to compete with anyone because we know that we're absolutely forgiven and saved. We are a child of God. So we're gentle with every person we meet, knowing we're not in competition with them. Jesus is gentle. We want to walk with Him. Next is faithfulness. You know, who, who in this world doesn't want to be loyal, trustworthy? We all, we all do. We want to be faithful. Jesus is faithful. Faithful to you. He's faithful to God. He keeps His promises. So you as a Christian then are called to be faithful to God, faithful to others in your life. The opposite of these might surprise you in the, work, in the list of works of darkness. The opposite would be idolatry and sorcery. And, and what happens here is, um, if you know God is faithful, then you trust Him. It's as simple as that. You trust Him and you're faithful to Him. But of course, if you don't know God is faithful, then you worship other gods. Then you idolatry, right? Or you turn to sorcery, witchcraft, magic, this kind of stuff. So God is always going to be faithful. Jesus is faithful. And we want to walk with Him in faithfulness. Next is goodness or generosity. The opposite of this would be rivalries and selfishness. We have this saying we say um, in English, we say it's hard, it's so hard to be good. It's so hard to be good. And it is. But of course, that's why you need the Spirit. That's why you need Jesus. He is good, right? He, he doesn't think only of himself, but counts others more significant. He is good. We want to walk with him in his goodness. Kindness. Now, the devil, the devil wants us always to be at enmity with each other. And man, are we seeing that right now, right? I mean, I don't know if you'd see a time where, where Americans have been more at enmity with each other. But that, that's the work of the devil. Jesus, of course, is kind. He wants everyone, no matter, no matter who they are, He wants them to know the truth, to know the gospel, to be saved. And really, now if I bring the last one and this one together, goodness and kindness, you, you really can't talk about them without talking about forgiveness. That's what goodness and kindness is. is forgiving others when they sin against us. And of course, Jesus is full of forgiveness and we want to walk with Him. Patience. Walking with Jesus, you find this incredible gift of patience. The opposite in the works of darkness is fits of anger. Okay, we all know this. A temper, right? Losing our temper. Having these rages of, of anger. Well, Jesus, of course, is the embodiment of patience. Where did we see the patience of Jesus absolutely on display? When He goes to the cross. He's getting you know, mocked, spit on, beaten. Everyone is um, you know, against Him. And yet, he patiently goes the way to the cross. Now, I don't know, if, you know, all of us are going to be a little different in this regard, but somewhere in your life right now, I know you need some patience. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's with the school year, if you're a student or a teacher. You know, patience to deal with the oddness of the school year. Maybe it's patience with people right now who don't share the same views as you. Or maybe patience with a coworker or family member. This is a gift Jesus gives you. Walk with Jesus and find patience. Peace, the opposite of dissensions, strife, and divisions. You know, if you don't have the Spirit, you find yourself always trying to stir up trouble between people. But with the Spirit, we strive for peace with everyone. <clears throat> Obviously, you're at peace with God because you're forgiven, but you also have this peace with others around you 
um, a peace that passes understanding. <clears throat> joy. <laughs> if Jesus can have joy, Hebrews says, um, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. If Jesus can have joy as He goes to the cross, or if Paul and Philippians can have joy while He sits in prison, you can have joy. You truly can, no matter what the circumstance is right now, no matter how bad it is right now, or no matter how good it is right now, you can have joy because that's a gift of Jesus that He gives you through His Spirit. Jesus has joy, and we want to walk with Him. And finally, love. As you know, 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest of these is love. So if you take that list that Paul gives of the works of darkness, <clears throat> take the whole list, and the opposite of all of them is what? Love. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love is the opposite of all sin. It's the overarching gift that the Spirit gives to you to cover all the sin of this world is the love of Jesus. Jesus loves you. And you want to walk with Him and love others. So these nine gifts that we have quickly walked through this morning, these are yours. Okay? You have a choice, just like I have a choice. Today, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, we have a choice. Are we going to walk with Jesus? Or are we going to walk in the works of darkness? Jesus says to you right now today, rise and walk with me. Your faith has made you well. And for your, gift, for your journey, He gives you these gifts. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Jesus' name, Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.